Shall we uh, continue in prayer for a moment as we uh, come to God's Word? Isaiah says of the people of God, day after day they seek me out, they seem eager to know God's ways. And yet the truth was so very, very different. And Lord, we pray as we come to your word uh, that we would uh, not be those who do this as a ritual, uh, hard to your uh, word to us this evening, but as those who are indeed truly eager to uh, seek you out, to know your ways. And we pray that as uh, we do so, your word would be our rule, uh, your spirit our guide, and your glory our supreme concern. For Jesus' sake we pray. Amen. Well, I wonder if you'd uh, be so kind as to have that passage we had uh, read uh, earlier in front of you. It's uh, Isaiah chapter 58, uh, verses 1 uh, through to the end, and you'll find that on page uh, 744, uh, if that's helpful for you, page 744. Uh, As you're uh, finding that passage, uh, I wonder if you'd imagine a scenario with me. Uh, It's Monday morning. The alarm has gone off, you've had a wonderful shower, you've had a great breakfast, and you've had a wonderful quiet time uh, with the Lord. You just can't imagine a day could go any better. You step out the door and you just think, this is going to be a great day. God's going to bless me. How could it get any better uh, than this? That's one day. Imagine another Monday morning. Weather's the same, but the alarm hasn't gone off. You're a bit flustered, you've missed your shower, you haven't had any breakfast, Uh, quiet time's gone completely out the window, and you're running out the door thinking, crikey, I'm not going to make it to work. It's just going to be one of those days, isn't it? From here on in, it's going to go downhill. I want to ask you, what do you think the problem is at the heart of both those scenarios? And it's not to do with the alarm. I'll uh, give you a clue. Well, let me suggest that the problem is that there's a performance mindset isn't there, at the heart of those two scenarios. Uh, Deep down, there's a belief that what really matters to God is carrying out a certain set of activities, and that by doing so, we earn, in in some sense, we earn God's blessing. So when we walk out the door and we've had a great quiet time, we just think, well, because of that, if we've had a great quiet time, God's going to bless us. It's obvious, isn't it? You know, as sure as one plus one equals two, that's what happens if, we, uh, if we've done our quiet time, if we've read our Bible, if we've prayed our prayers, if we've looked in Operation World, God's got to bless us, hasn't he? But if we haven't, then we think, golly, God can't bless me. Surely, how can he bless me? I haven't done that. I haven't done my quiet time. He knows that uh, I haven't done that. How on earth could he possibly bless me? It's all about performance and not about God's grace. Well, last week, if you were here, we saw uh, Isaiah denouncing God's people uh, for embracing idolatry over Jehovah. They were embracing false gods rather than uh, the true God, uh, Yahweh. And this week, he turns his attention to those people who, on the surface, seem like they're true believers. Things seem to be good. And yet, actually, when we start probing underneath the surface, we realize that it's all gone very, very, very wrong because they're focused on ritual and not relationships. Uh, John, can we have the um, first uh, slide by any chance? Thank you very much. And flick on to the next one, please. Thank you. And the first thing uh, we see in the passage is that God exposes 
false uh, religion uh, for us. Have a look with me down at uh, verse 1 through to verse 5 of our passage. Shouted out aloud, do not hold back, raise your voice like a trumpet, declare to my people their rebellion and to the house of Jacob their sins. Day after day they seek me out, they seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what's right and has not forsaken the commandments of its God. They ask me for just decisions and they seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they said, and you've not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves? And you've not noticed. Uh, You've probably never heard of a guy called Wolfgang Boltraki, but he is reckoned to be the most successful art forger in uh, history. Uh, He has made millions, or he did have before uh, he uh, got found out, from producing um, flawless um, new works, supposedly by famous artists. So he would imagine uh, what an artist might have painted and paint something in that style and flog it off as uh, a previously unknown uh, version of uh, the, uh, the artist's work. Uh, his fakes were so good that even the widows of some of the artists thought they were genuine. Uh, they've appeared on the uh, Christie's catalogue front cover. Uh, they're in numerous, um, they've appeared in numerous galleries uh, throughout the, uh, the world. Because on the surface, his work seems genuine. Even experts can barely tell it from the real deal. But when you start to look under the surface, you realise that it's not good. The uh, pigments that he uses, the paints, uh, are not authentic. Uh, Some of the work is a little bit slapdash in places. Uh, But if you take the grand picture, it all looks pretty real. Uh, And looking at Israel, Isaiah acknowledges that on the surface, things look pretty good. Their faith seems genuine. Uh, They seek God daily. They seem eager to know his ways, don't they? Uh, they, they ask him to make just decisions for them. They're even fasting, verse 3. I mean, how, how committed could these guys get? They're fasting, they're giving up food uh, for God. And yet their words to God reveal what is really going on. Verse 3, uh, they say, Why have we fasted and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? In reality... It's all for show. It's just all pretense. They're trying to impress God with their apparent piety. And a little bit like the Pharisee in, uh, in Luke 18. You know, remember the two men who came uh, to pray? And the Pharisee stood up and bragged of his uh, great works for everyone to see. Uh, they, they're, so in, they're, they're much more interested in being applauded for their behavior than they are uh, in adoring God. Uh, They seem to think that if they can just appear religious, if it looks genuine, they can manipulate God into doing what they want uh, him to do. It's a pretty big charge, isn't it? How can Isaiah be so sure that this is the situation? Well, uh, let me suggest that their keenness for fasting suggests a bit of a disregard uh, for God's word. Uh, the only time that fasting is specifically commanded in the Old Testament uh, was for the uh, annual Day of Atonement. So once a year, uh, God's people were expected to fast. You can read about that in uh, chapter 16 of Leviticus, if you want to. Apart from that, it's barely mentioned. Uh, there's definitely times when it's in- encouraged, uh, but it really isn't commanded apart from that. So do you see, therefore, what they are doing is they are elevating this apparently spiritual discipline to a level that God has never intended. They're ignoring what his word says about it. And they're thinking that they know better 
than God. But this is something that if they do this, then they'll look super spiritual and somehow God is going to bless them. And sadly, they are completely ignoring what he's really concerned with. A care for the vulnerable and a genuine love for him, a heart for his name. God says that their fast days are just simply leading to exploitation of others and even fisticuffs, verse 4. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. Um, It's little wonder that God says, therefore, he won't listen to them anymore. Dreadful, isn't it? Verse 4, you cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. The psalmist said, didn't he, that uh, God will not listen to those who continue to cherish sin in their hearts. Psalm 66. What God is interested in is genuine repentance, a turning away from sin and a turning back to him. Uh, Not false religion, not some kind of showy piety that looks good on the surface, but in reality has no foundation. Perhaps what's so alarming about this is just how convincing it all seems, doesn't it? Uh, To a casual observer, it all looks good. They they love God, it seems. They're seeking uh, his ways. It's only when we look closer at the problems and we delve below the surface that the real situation becomes clear. I don't know about you, but I think this is a really frightening reminder. It's a frightening reminder that it's all too easy for a church, for individual Christians, to appear on the surface to be religious. We can look good on the outside. We can do a really good job of that. God's people were doing that. And yet, in truth, be very, very, very far from the God we claim to serve. Uh, We could be regular churchgoers. We could never miss a Sunday worship. Uh, We could have kept up wonderfully with our Bible in one year scheme if we're uh, following that. We could be faithful at, um, at house group or small group. And yet we'll be doing it from a spirit of performance. That mindset that says that we've got to do this in order for God to bless us. God, why haven't you noticed how faithful I am? And why are you not blessing me in the way that I deserve? It's frightening, isn't it? And all the while we could be neglecting that call that God is interested in, that call to love him for who he is and to love one another. It could look like a Beltracchi painting. looks good on the surface and it could be hung in a gallery. It's what the world would say. That's what Christianity is about. It's following the rules, isn't it? It's reading our Bibles. It's going to church. It's looking good, being a nice boy, nice girl. And yet, on the surface, whilst it looks good underneath, it isn't. Uh, last week, Claire and I were away at a uh, summer camp down in Dorset for Christian teenagers. We were um, there for a week, and we were sort of supervising the um, washing up and the kind of the housekeeping side of the house party. Uh, and as ever on these things, there were lots of slightly unpleasant tasks to do, whether it's cleaning loos or uh, emptying out the slot bins, those you can imagine, those sort of things. And it was very interesting observing how there were quite a few individuals who were very, very keen to talk about um, their love for Jesus and all their service of him throughout the year. And yet they were not so keen to do those tasks that uh, were a little bit unpleasant. They were very quick to slink off and find a meeting of some sort to go to, or something that they'd just forgotten to prepare and needed uh, to be done. It may have been genuine, I don't know. But there's always that danger, isn't there, that the inside and the outside don't quite match up. 
it looks good on the surface, but actually in the difficult times, that's when the, outs- the inside gets truly revealed. And we're in a dangerous position, aren't we? If we allow ourselves to focus more on the externals, more on what we think it looks like, it should be looking like to be a Christian, uh, than on our inward love for Jesus and our love for his word and for his people. The Bible says repeatedly that whilst man looks on the outside, God looks on the heart, and God is not deceived. God exposes false religion that looks good on the outside, but in fact amounts to very little. That's the first little bit. Let's uh, look at the rest of the passage. And I've given this the heading of, uh, if we could have the next slide, please, John. Uh, God explains faithful, encourages faithful religion. Sorry, I've obviously changed it in the, uh, on the PowerPoints. God encourages faithful uh, religion. Well, fortunately for uh, his people, God doesn't leave them with only, the, uh, only his exposure of their false uh, religion. Uh, and the second half of our passage is his explanation and his encouragement of what faithful religion uh, looks like. What should they really uh, be going for? Um, structurally, it, it basically follows a pattern of firstly, Isaiah details what he's really looking, what God's really looking for. And then he goes on to look at the blessings that God promises uh, to his people as a result. Uh, what God is really interested, as one commentator puts it, is a fast of the heart. It's not about uh, doing things uh, as a ritual, uh, but it's inward. Uh, There's lots that we could look at as ever, uh, but I just want to focus on a few um, details uh, in particular. Firstly, uh, God says that faithful religion should be concerned uh, with justice. Uh, Look with me at um, verse uh, 6, if you will. Uh, God says, Is not this the kind of fasting that I've chosen? To loosen the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke? To set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Um... God's people should be striving to set right areas in our society where individuals are being oppressed. We should be fighting hard against evil and wickedness. Uh, At creation, God created the world whole. He created it perfect. It was good according to his plan. And yet we know from uh, the story of Genesis... Uh, humans rebelled. We have uh, told God that we are not interested in him being in charge. We've chosen to go our own way. And through our rebellion, that has spoiled the world and damaged it. And one very clear symptom of that damage is the oppression of other human beings. Uh, In our selfishness as human beings, we fail to value and care for others as we should do. And as a result, you get injustice, uh, which is uh, writ large across uh, our world. Clearly, injustice is never fully going to be righted until Jesus returns to uh, usher in the fulfilment of his kingdom. We know that. And yet the Bible repeatedly affirms that the God of justice expects his people to work for justice, to work towards that restoration of the creation order, to participate in God's plan of renewing the world, to putting things back Uh, to how he intended it. Uh, The prophet Micah, writing to uh, God's people another point in their history when uh, injustice seemed to be rife. rife. He said these famous words, What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? 
Uh, True worship of a just God must involve his people showing justice in their own lives and working for justice in the world. Uh, It can't be possible to uh, separate uh, the two out. It is right, therefore, that we get angry at outrages like human trafficking or sweatshop labour or unscrupulous payday loan sharks, whatever it happens to be. It's right that we get angry about those things. We should do. God is a God of justice. He is angry too. And we should be angry and should work uh, to overcome those things. It's the natural consequence of responding to the God who has demonstrated his justice in the world. He is fair. He is upright. He cares about justice. He's shown that in the cross. He's dealt uh, with sin And he's at work in the world renewing it and bringing it back to how it should be. If we're gospel people, if we are God's people, then we must also be justice people. The two uh, must sit together. Yeah, Alongside uh, justice, uh, Isaiah says that faithful religion is also concerned with love and mercy. Verse 7, following on. Uh, He says, Is it not to share your food with the hungry? And to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked, to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Uh, Inevitably, that struggle for justice is a long-term thing. Uh, So many of these areas are not going to be overcome uh, quickly. But in the short term, I think Isaiah is saying God's people are called to seek to demonstrate love and mercy uh, in situations uh, around us, to these kind of local, these immediate uh, needs we might say. And whether that's feeding the hungry, we know, on our doorstep, uh, through food banks, uh, things like that. Whether it's um, through uh, showing hospitality to people who are in need. Uh, Practically showing uh, God's love and his mercy in the world. Jesus says, be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Luke chapter 6. How can we the people who have been shown so much mercy uh, in the cross. We have been forgiven our sins. We are not treated as our sins deserve. We've been welcomed into the family of God. How can we not show love and mercy to others? Uh, Faithful religion doesn't consist of religious rituals, as good as they may be in some cases, as helpful as they might be. But it's about hearts, hearts that love God and love his world, and want to obey uh, him. Wonderfully, uh, Isaiah says, that when God's people do worship him, when they worship him in spirit and in truth, truly as they should do, uh, God promises to cascade upon them his blessings. Uh, Look with me from verse 8. This is what Isaiah says. Wonderfully. Uh, Then your light, God's light, will break forth like the dawn. Your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you. And the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. So many blessings that we could pick out. There's going to be a fresh start, a new beginning. That idea of a new dawn, Isaiah says, doesn't he? Light, break forth like the dawn. A new start. Uh, God will transform us completely. There's going to be healing, uh, verse 8. God will begin that precious and wonderful work of healing us, restoring us from the ravages of sin, uh, drawing us back to his original plan. Wonderfully, he will dwell with his people. He'll be listening to their cries and he'll answer them in person. 
It's not like NHS Direct, where you speak to somebody on the end of the phone. It's like your family doctor. He comes to you in person. He knows you. He's known you for years. He cares for you and is able to, uh, to, uh, to deal with your situation. We need not fear that he will abandon us. God says that he pr- will guide us always, verse uh, 11. And he will satisfy our needs in a son's uh, scorched land. Uh, we don't need to look for an alternative to him. All our needs will be supplied uh, through his mercy and grace. It is true, isn't it? A wonderful uh, picture that Isaiah presents. And yet I think, unless we're careful, we could so easily turn this picture of faithful religion back into one of false religion. It would be all too easy, I think, to treat these expressions of true faith, so these uh, expressions of heart worship, so loving uh, mercy and loving justice, in the same way that God's people had treated the fast days, uh, simply as a kind of means to persuade God uh, that uh, he should bless us. We can say, well, you know, look, God, this is what we're doing. We're uh, helping out at Food Bank. We're helping out at Beesham. You know, come on, you do your bit. Very easy, isn't it, to slip from one back into the other. Let's be very, very clear. We can never earn God's blessings, and we shouldn't be trying to. Every blessing that God chooses to give us as his children, he gives us because he loves us and because of his gracious character. And he does it through the work of his son, the suffering servant, the Lord Jesus, that we've been seeing all the way through uh, Isaiah We saw last week, didn't we, how our chapter then, chapter 57, sits in the shadow of chapter 53, that wonderful chapter of uh, the suffering servant who comes, who bears the sins of the world, dies uh, for the people of God. And the same is true for this chapter, chapter 58. All these blessings, these wonderful blessings that Isaiah lists, all of them flow through the work of the Lord Jesus, healing one for us at Calvary. Peace with God, with each other. One for us at Calvary. A new start. Forgiveness. One for us at the cross. And when we love God with all our hearts, when we love his commands, we will know his blessings and his experience. And we will experience that joy that Isaiah speaks about here, as he promises. Not because we've earned it. We can't do. Nothing we could do could ever possibly earn that but because it is the free gift of God to those who love him and to those uh, who listen to him. Maybe a helpful way to think about it is it's a little bit like a jogger um, who, who jogs just because they love jogging. They love being out. They love feeling the pavement uh, underneath them, the, you know, experiencing the wind in their hair, that sort of thing. They, just, they love jogging. They do it because they just enjoy it. Strange, some of you are thinking, how on earth could you enjoy that? And yet in the process, they discover when they're jogging that they happen to be losing weight. After a month or so, they've, uh, they've lost half a stone. They didn't start jogging because they wanted to lose weight, although that's a nice thing to, to do. They do it because they love it. They just enjoy j- jogging. And I think that's how it works here. God calls us to love and obey him, not because we want to get some blessing out of him, but just because we love him. We love him for who he is. And uh, for, uh, not for what he can give us. Faithful religion, the religion that God seeks in his people, he sought it back then, he seeks it today, is based on a relationship. It's not based on keeping the rules. 
God has shown us his love through sending the Lord Jesus to die for us. He has drawn us back to himself. He's dealt with our sin. He's reconciled us in the cross. And he calls us in turn to show that love to one another and to a watching world that is so damaged and so spoiled by sin. And when we do that, he promises that he will pour out his blessings in his grace. Who could refuse him? How could we refuse him? Well, how should we feel on that uh, Monday morning when the alarm hasn't gone off and uh, we've uh, missed our quiet time, we're racing out the door and we know we're going to be late for work and it's just going to be one of those days? Well, I think we should feel the same as we did when we had a quiet time, to be honest. Uh, Nothing should change. Uh, We should feel gratitude, surely, to God that he loves us. Not because of anything that we've done, not because we've earned his blessing, but because he loved us and he's loved us Uh, through the Lord Jesus. He continues to love us. And we should surely be determined to live a life that reflects that grace, that relationship, not living by rules, but loving him for who he is and for for what he's done. Faithful religion is about a relationship with God, not simply keeping the rules. And maybe we should uh, set the alarm properly. Who knows? Let's pray, shall we, as we... uh, Place. Lord, we do praise you that uh, you do not treat us as we deserve. Thank you that we cannot earn your love. You love us just for who we are, because you are a loving God. And we thank you so much that uh, it's not based on what we do. Uh, we know that you have done everything possible to restore us uh, to that relationship with you through the death of your son. And we pray that we would be people who want to love you for who you are, not because we want to prize some blessing out of you, not because we want to look good, not because we're obsessed with keeping the rules, but because we love you. Thank you that you love us and uh, help us, we pray, by your spirit uh, to deepen that love for you. And indeed, uh, from out of that love to love the world as uh, you do indeed love it. Amen.